This programme was first broadcast on Canterbury's community access radio station Plains FM 96.9 and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. No my, had my. Welcome to the Tamaliki Book Festival. On this programme, let's meet the authors and illustrators of the Tamariki Book Festival. Here's a strange story about Marcus McGee, who left his poor parents when he was just three. He took his old teddy bear and headed off overseas. What a strange little fellow was Marcus, young Marcus McGee. He spent the next year travelling the world, fighting pirates and dragons and saving the girl. There was no feat too great that he could not achieve. What a brave little fellow was Marcus, young Marcus McGee. When Marcus turned five, the king and the queen threw him the biggest party that you've ever seen. Everyone was there, stars from film and TV, but not the poor parents of Marcus, young Marcus McGee. By the time he was six, Marcus knew all the tricks, and he'd made bags of money selling cheap pogo sticks. So he built a grand house overlooking the sea. What a rich little fellow became Marcus, young Marcus McGee. When Marcus turned seven, he got himself a tattoo. He thought he might as well, there wasn't much left to do. Nowhere else to go and nothing more to see, because he'd done it all already, had Marcus, young Marcus McGee. What will become of little Marcus McGee? We're just going to have to wait and see. Jim Cullinane, based at Windybot Farm, somewhere in deepest, darkest North Canterbury, former teacher, Jim blends improbable plots, crazy characters and lively language into catchy sing-along story songs and interactive digital stories to help to help engage kids with reading, learning and laughing. Kia ora Jim. Hi, how are you doing? Good, thanks. I can tell you're someone who loves words. What do you enjoy about being a storyteller? Yeah, I am a bit of a word nerd. Um, st- yeah, uh, actually a lot of my stories and songs just come from from interesting words I hear or, or combinations. Yeah. And they just sort of could be a bad dad joke or, or whatever, but yeah, they just sort of build on from there. Yeah. Um, did you always enjoy language at school? Yeah, I did. I think English was probably my, my favourite subject. Yeah. Um, I used to like... Um, yeah, making up stories and doing funny noises and stuff like that, writing plays and things in class. Yeah, yeah. it was good. Yeah. yeah. Did the plays get performed? Did you? Yeah, yeah, like, we what, did. Um, what was family life like? Was it more about school, the plays are at school? Um, yeah, well, actually, I think when I was, I was the youngest kid and I think the, the older kids had, um, they used to put on little shows, but I always ended up being the dog or... Some other <laughs> <laughs> random characters, so I don't really remember that. But um, no, the um, the ones in school, uh, yeah, they did. We used to either perform them as, as a class, or I remember one um, myself and a friend wrote when we were in form one or form two, and the teacher actually sort of burgled it and turned it into the school production. Ah, <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Um, well, it must have been good. Yeah, it was about bath builders or something, something random like that from memory. Yeah. 
Yeah. And what kind of stories did you like reading? To be honest, I used to um, read a lot of comics as a kid, uh, sort of Asterix and Tintin and, and war comics too, for mm. some unknown reason. But um, mm. yeah, uh, it wasn't really... Um, I guess I guess I enjoyed the Roald Dahl stuff too. Yeah, uh, the, yeah. The longer stuff. But you enjoyed but, the images more that went. Yeah, with the yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, and um, you could sort of read them a bit quicker. I guess I was a bit lazy. Still am. Yeah. I don't think it's lazy. It's just a different way of enjoying a story. Yeah, yeah, and I guess that's sort of coming out now because a lot of the um, a lot of the wee stories and songs I write, I do videos for, but I sort of try and make them more as. Uh, sort of moving books rather than sort of, you know, videos with 3D graphics and things. You sort of have a page and the words come and disappear and the characters, it's kind of like a theatre really, they sort of fill the stage or the page, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I suddenly had an image of um, like sort of the Shakespearean times and the Punch and Judy. Yeah. um, but there were other characters with the puppeteers and yeah. I can imagine you doing that sort of thing too. Yeah, yeah one of the, um, the earliest songs I did, I actually did it when our kids were wee, um, about 10, well, a bit longer than 10 years ago, um, probably 15 years ago, um, I wrote a wee ditty with them called Horsey Horse. There'd been a movie called Spirit come out and um, we thought that was a very highfalutin name for a horse and uh, we sort of had a wee laugh and thought a more down-to-earth Kiwi one would just be called Horsey Horse. Yeah. And we'd sort of just um, just done a few chords and it was only when I was uh, back teaching and looking for stuff to do for the kids I was teaching that I remembered that and we expanded on that. And I made that with, um, did the video with little finger puppets. Yeah. And it's really, it's really homespun and hokey looking but but the kids and, and adults like it as well because it's, it's quite a contrast to all the um you know that slick pixar stuff and it's great too because i used to do relief teaching and you'd go into a class and show them this and um i'd take in a bag of uh, little finger puppets and afterwards the kids would would um get and start making stories and doing little videos with, with finger puppets so it sort of just shows them it's quite doable Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Anyone can do it, especially with iPads and yeah. Yeah. Mm. What was it about the technology of iPads that you uh, were drawn to? Yeah. Um, because a lot of your stories are you're written for iPads. Absolutely. Yeah. There was because um, uh, when I graduated for teaching, had a midlife crisis and went teaching. Um, in 2010, actually we graduated just when the earthquakes happened, so I just ended up relief teaching. And there were lots of iPads in schools, and Apple had just released uh, a new app, it was a free app called iBooks Author, Mm -hmm. which you could, it was free, it was sort of drag and drop, so it didn't need to be too nerdy, which was good, but you could... um, write a story, do the words, but you could also put in videos and sound clips and things like little quizzes. And even there's, um, if you tap on words, you can have your own glossary. So you tap on words and you can make up some, you can make up words and give them sort of outlandish, um, you know, descriptions and stuff. Mm. But um, I thought that would be really good, Um, especially... Uh, I don't know if you remember sitting on the mat in class and you'd have the big book and you, it would be shared reading and you'd all go through um, 
threw it together. Like the teacher holding yeah, it. Yeah, 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 up the front. And I thought using this uh, these iBooks, and you can put them up on projectors, and they become really big. So even the, the kids at the back who've got eye problems, everyone can see it. And by having um, little sound effects, whether it's a, a horse farting or, or whatever, yeah. um, was a really good way just to engage the kids, especially... Uh, the sort of reluctant readers, which were quite often boys. <laughs> but if they were all sitting down reading and you could sort of choose them to come up and push the buttons, they just loved that. And mm. I thought, um, yeah, that's what, what sort of drove the making the iBooks. And then I realised you could sell them as well. And I I put them up um, on, the, on the bookstore and have sold about half a dozen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So no, no Learjet or anything, but they're fun to do. And... Yeah. Uh, yeah, the kids and you said that them. you'd made some free for during COVID. Fact. Yeah, yeah, I've got. Um, so how do people access those? Um, they can get them via iTunes or I think it's called Apple Books. Over the, I think they're changing it now. Um, but yeah, if you just search out um, Jim Cullinane there, um, that Marcus McGee's for free, and I think Horsey Horses, and a few other ones, Magic Gumboots. Mm. Um, yeah, even even for any teachers um, listening who want want a bit of a change for the big book mm, mm. thing, um, yeah, they're really good for that. Mm. And there's little quizzes. I've put little quizzes at the end. Great. And the kids love them, you know. Yeah. 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 I can I can see you've so creatively thought about how to engage children in so many levels. Uh, I have such admiration for teachers because I just find a whole group so overwhelming. Yeah, and and you've kind of thought about all the ways to engage all those different children at different spaces and levels and learning styles. And, yeah, yeah, in a big room and environment. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I've got nothing against paper books. I love them, but um, I, I do think there's um, there's a lot of potential in interactive books. Mm. A lot of people sort of just dismiss them as apps and games, and there are a lot like that, but. Um, there's, there's tons of stuff you can you can get to engage the kids. Not even just as a as a group thing, but you'd find because I'd, I'd put all my stories on the class iPads, and um, the kids would go through them in their own time. Mm. You know, doing the quiz and going back, and I'd, I'd put in little uh, secret sound effects here and there that they'd sort of hit, tap on, and yeah. So it's yeah, it's good. you're always drawn to teaching younger children. Um, Sorry, so I was, it was always, it was yeah, children. yeah. It wasn't high school. No, no, well, actually, yeah, I, I used to write ads and um, I'd had a, had a look at doing primary school teaching, but they had a grant for um, English teachers for high school. So I went and did that. And I think my first, after my first practice, I just thought, <laughs> nah, this isn't for me. So it was back to ads. And then... I finally got round to uh, yeah, primary school teaching, and e- even within then, um, it was sort of the, the years sort of one to to four or five. I enjoyed, mm. yeah, mm. yeah. By the time they're sort of year six, seven, eight, they're all a bit too cool, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep. I don't know. It's something about the little kids are just really keen to get in and explore things, and yeah. 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 yeah, it's good. And you have kids yourself? Because I think yeah, I do. your daughter sometimes yeah, is yeah, involved. Yeah, Ishbel, she sings along. She's got a great voice. Um, yeah, I've got two kids uh, sort of in their 20s now. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, it's funny. I I apart from Horsey Horse, I never really uh, wrote much good stuff for them. Mm. Um, used to read a lot of stories to them, but um, yeah, it was a teaching sort of thing when we started. And, mm. Yeah. Mm. So I'm always curious about a good midlife crisis. What, what inspired going into teaching? Why? Yeah, well, um, I guess I've always been a a bit interested in that. I was a terrible student, eh? I was I would have been hell to teach myself. In what way? <laughs> oh, I was just always uh trying to be funny and um yeah, yeah, just winding the teachers <laughs> up. Not sort of naughty naughty, but uh yeah, talking when yeah, when I should be listening. Yeah. Story of my life. But um yeah, so it was always in the back of my mind to do that. Um because I didn't finish my English degree until I was um, in my early 30s, so mm. I returned as a mature student. Mm. And that was really cool. I got heaps more out of um, my course then. Yeah. Uh, but no, I ended up, yeah, I ended up writing ads um, in 2009. I, I was getting a little bit sick of it. I mean, the money's good, and it's, it can be quite good fun, you know, writing ads. You get a, a bit of bit of freedom to 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 make stuff up again, yeah, again, to sort of just some of the ones you particularly remember working on. Um, I <laughs> I used to work uh, for a lot of American um, companies, yeah, because we had to turn around. I'd be sort of working in their night, and um, you'd have these two o'clock in the morning meetings. But I used to do the. Uh, all the copy and stuff for Crocs. Remember Crocs shoes when they yes. were the number one shoe in the world? Yeah, yeah. so that's something. I, I don't know if I should really be uh, skiting about that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, they're a huge hit. Yeah, they, they were. Yeah, they're sort of looked upon with a bit of derision these days, but uh, I've still got a pair. They're great. Yeah. I kick around in them. I have um, a friend who swears by them. Very comfy. Perfect for gardening, particularly. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that, and apparently lots of surgeons and people are on their feet. And a lot yeah, weirdo. yeah, absolutely. But um, yeah, I was working on a a campaign for a new bank just when um, the the global financial crisis hit, and I just thought, oh, is this really what I want to be doing? Yeah, a bank in the states, a yeah. new bank is what we need. Is another new bank, and I thought, no, I'll go out teaching. So yeah, I bailed out and did that. Yeah. Yeah. And then what made you stop teaching? Well, I'd only been relieving for, um, they only let you relieve for six years and then you have to go and retrain if you don't do the, the two years under a, a mental teacher for the full registration. So um, right. I didn't know about that registration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a bit of a shame. So come my six years of doing that, they wanted me to go back. I mean, it wasn't the full course but it was still seven months and six thousand dollars or something so I thought uh, I don't really like it that much yeah yeah so um yeah now I'm fixing doors and windows <laughs> and writing the odd kids story and so yeah. on when I get time yeah. we're on a wee block as well so that there's always something to do there yeah there was some sheet as a wee lamb stuck on the other side of the fence last night bleeding oh. its little heart out oh I like Grandparents had a sheep farm. I went all school holidays there, and I can remember lambing season. Yeah. Yeah. Silence of the lambs, eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And there's, you know, they get born, and then we have a cold spring snap. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah. Mm. So tell me more about the adventures that inspire you around stories. Um, um, yeah, uh, a lot of them come... Oh, actually, <laughs> I've done one called The Magic Gumboot, so it's also known as um, mm. Farmer Bump is a Terrible Grump. And that all stemmed from my dad, who was quite a grumpy man himself. Yeah. I remember once we were travelling somewhere in the car and someone had done something in front, uh, pulled out or, or done something that Dad didn't like, and he, uh, he used to blast his horn a lot at people, and we'd just cringe in the back as kids whenever mm. he'd do that. But he had a new car, and I think it was a, um, it was a Renault or something, so everything was reversed mm. on, the, on the steering column. So he went to give this guy a, um, a toot for whatever misdemeanour <laughs> He had done, and he hit the windscreen wiper, and the windscreen wiper started going, and the washer went, and that just made him more <laughs> furious, and we started giggling, and, uh, oh, yeah, you could just see the veins pulsating in his head, and um, so that actually gave me an idea for the, the farmer bumps a terrible grump thing, so actually in that story, he's driving, he's pretty grumpy, and um, driving downtown, and some kids are a bit cheeky to him, crossing the road, and he gets furious and goes to um, toot his horn, but he's got a broken windscreen and uh. the water squirts up through the crack. <laughs> and it gets in his eyes and his tractor tears away and smashes up most of the town and the police station as it happens. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was sort of the catalyst for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's funny, yeah, little things you do or overhear or, or um, yeah, can all sort of be a... Be a starting point for a life story. Life inspiration. Yeah. 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 Is it, are you more drawn to local stories or there is also stories from overseas that inspire you? Or stuff I've read? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a good question. I haven't really thought about it. I do like... Because I notice a, a number of the authors I've spoken to from the Tamariki Book Festival or illustrators... Yeah. Um, I can very much see Kiwi culture coming through yeah. their stories, yeah. and they're, they're really that's important for them to see themselves in the stories. And yeah, and other children. Yeah, just yeah. wonder if it was an influence for you. Oh yeah, I guess I guess it is. You're right. What you know that um that um, magic gumboot book. Uh, we were over living in Scotland for a few months. Um, and I went to some schools there, and of course they don't have, um, they don't call gumboots gumboots, they call them Wellingtons. Mm. So I needed to change that, and we talked about that. And also um, there's some chips. One of the um, cops was eating some chips when the tractor crashed through the window and she choked on a, on a chip, but they don't call them chips, they call them crisps. So it's, it's kind of cool, the language, um, just, just with that. And I also talked to the kids back here over, uh, over here about that. Mm. that you know there's different names for the same things mm. um, but there are uh, there are some very cool um, European kids books out there I read one recently about a flat rabbit which was basically talking about you know uh, how you cope with death but ah. it's a it's a, um, they see a little the dog sees a little flat rabbit on the road and ah. Yeah, talks to a rat and yeah, but yeah. it's um, 
kind of minimalistic, but very thoughtful, eh? Mm. Some of the stuff. Mm. I mm. think is it Gecko Press? Yes. Over here, they they um, do a lot of European stuff. They publish yeah. them over here. Yeah. So there is yeah, there's some really there's some cool stuff out there. Yeah. There's also heaps of tripe, eh? <laughs> Yes. I mean, as a teacher, <laughs> you'd be looking through some of the books to read to the kids. Yeah. yeah. That's another reason I just yeah. thought, oh, well, just write, yeah. write some of my own. Yeah. And that's what I encourage the yeah. kids to do, you know. We've all got stories in us. Yeah. yeah. I work weekends at Scorpio Books, and I love seeing the new um, children's picture books yeah. come in. And um, and I've never, uh, I've never, I didn't do that well in English. I've always been a keen reader, yeah. but the kind of analysis part of it, and I don't know what it makes it good, but it's got to be a good story and good illustration and a combination. Yeah. And so many come close, but don't really want to finish them, and some I can't put down. Yeah. I've got to see them to the end. Absolutely. And then I've got to buy them for you know all my friends and my nieces and nephews and yeah, is I have a very different emotional reaction to different books. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like a novel or something too, isn't it? You you know within a few pages whether, mm. whether you kind of enjoy it. And it doesn't mean it's a bad novel. No. It just means it's not for you. Yeah. You know? It doesn't, it doesn't speak to you. Speak eh? to me. And, yeah. I, and I always used to be such a completer, you know, like if I started a book, I had to finish it. Yeah. And now I give myself the freedom. There's so many books in the world. Yeah. And life is short that I can read the first chapter. And if it don't, doesn't do it for me, I stop. Yeah, and we're the same with Netflix too, because yeah. there's so much good stuff out there. Yes. You need to be brutal, don't yes. you? Yes, yes, I've yeah. become like that. You know, the first the first sort of six months a year I watched uh, whole seasons. Yeah. And now I just feel so flooded mm. with this world of content and great content, mm. like a golden age of um, streaming TV, yeah. um, films, books, podcasts. Yeah, yeah, well, po- yeah like, it's, it's you know, huge, isn't it? Don't get me started on podcasts. Like, it's overwhelming. Yeah. 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 Um, but also I find it hard to balance with just time to be still and quiet and not having stimulation. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And I, you know, I can hear your imagination in stories that you've told me about growing up in plays and, yeah. and that you're creating these stories. Yeah. So you obviously allow space also for that to bubble up and... You write your own stuff. Yeah, but you're right. It is. It's hard. It's hard to um, to get sheltered from the the content overload, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. how often would you create a storybook? Much less now. I'm not teaching. Yes. Um, I've I've done. Um, I'm just working on finishing off a story song at the moment about dogs about some dogs and that's my I think it's my fourth this year yeah but because I'm not sort of going through traditional publishers and all of that palaver you, you can turn them over quite quickly mm. and they're a little bit hokey and homespun but that's you know part of that DIY ethos mm. and, and I think that's that's quite cool mm. um, then what, what made you connect with the Tamariki Book Festival? Oh, it was actually the um, Michelle. Michelle put me on to it because I um, there's a Kidlet Hub that um, I think three or four of us started many moons ago when I used to live in Christchurch. Mm. Um, 
and I knew Michelle Tell me about from it. there. You know about that? No, I don't. Tell me yeah. about it. Oh, um, yeah, it was. Uh, I think it's quite big. I went to one um, a few weeks back. I don't go to that many now because we live out of town, and my um, Saturday arvos are usually filled with doing farmy chores. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, no, no, that's grown quite well. It's quite supportive because it is. It can be quite a um, lonely, uh, unrewarding job writing at at anything really let alone um, kids books and illustrating Mm. so you get a bit of feedback from folk and um, you know opportunities such as the Tamariki book festival um, is popping up Mm. Um, but I was supposed to do the last one but uh, I was out doing the old ghost road that that mountain bike thing that was something I'd um, promised myself to do so I was doing that so I missed it but I'm looking forward to this one it'll mm. be good mm. and in the library as well so mm. it'll be very cool mm. Have mm. you got activity planned for the day? Yeah well what I thought I was going to do um, being a um, sort of closet, closet digital well, not even closet just a digital story nerd mm. um, I was going to do some fractured fairy tales with the kids and there's some apps you can get there and um What's a fractured fairy tale? Well, um, it's basically you mix and mash up all the fairy tales and characters and make your own one. It's quite yeah. good. It's good, good to do with adults as well. Fun. Um, yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll do that, and um, we can save them as we as we movies that um, I can send out to the the kids who are there. Um, but I, yeah, I'd be quite keen just having a bit of a hunt round and having a look what other folk are doing as well. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like it's going to be a great day. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. Thanks for your time. Great to talk to you, Jim. Thanks, Rachel. Good to be here. Come along to the Tamariki Book Festival, November 22nd, in the Tūranga TSB space, 10 till 4. Check out our podcasts on the Plains FM website. Just search Tamariki Book Festival. Tamariki Book Festival.